From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 24th, 2018, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, welcome. Tyler Daswick. Thank you so much. Daz will do it. Daz will there do the it. Ones and twos, our illustrious Every producer, time. my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Toronto, Canada this yes. week. Yes. Author, speaker, podcaster, our newest cast member, Annie F. Downs. Hello, gents. Good morning. Why are you in Toronto? I am in Toronto because I had a speak. This is the most fun part of my job. I had a speaking event I spoke at a church on Sunday morning in Philadelphia, and then I speak again on Wednesday in Philadelphia, and my friends who are in the Wicked musical, the one that travels um, around the country, are in Toronto. And so I flew from Philly to Toronto for two days, and then I'll fly back down to Philly and speak, and then I'll go home. Just Toronto set. is like the New York of Canada. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It really is. It's beautiful. Have you guys been here before? It's so pretty. Yeah, it's amazing. It's actually a fantastic city. I was going to yes. say, I hear it's super underappreciated. Yeah. A lot I've of great things, but I'm not allowed to go to Canada. I, I, that's a self-imposed rule. No Canada for me. Now I've just made the decision. The most impressive thing to me about Canada is how cosmopolitan and global Toronto is. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and the arts and, and culture aspect oh, no of Toronto is incredible. Like, like yeah. it doesn't surprise me that you're going up there to see a Broadway show because right. Toronto's, like, I would say a global Broadway yeah. and theater yeah. type. Oh, I didn't yeah, know they that. Yeah, they have had like a seven-week stay here. The Wicked Show has. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, and that's it, incredible. Just because they so. couldn't get out of the airport, their flights kept getting canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so I say, let's do the show again. <laughs> Jesse, what's, uh, what's, what's like the key uh, deterrent for you from Canada? Uh, mainly, it's question. the border with the United States of America. <laughs> I try to stay within those bounds. And, uh, you know, it's called patriotism. So here's the my deal. Friend. Jesse, over the years, has maligned the fine people of Canada so much. And I, I'm probably guilty as well uh, from time yeah. to time. Uh, it's all in love, but the, the Mounties don't have a sense of humor. Right. So Jesse's, oh, no. yeah, Jesse's persona non grata. Up north. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of the several countries where it's just, they've asked that I just not. This place, just kindly, because they're very kind people. And so they don't force you to not come. They just ask you politely, please don't come. I will say this. I've had Canadian mountain Mounties passive aggressively threaten me many times. It's very threatening, though, but it's in a very passive aggressive, nice way. So I don't want to push my. Here's a lesson I've learned long ago. That's yeah. yeah. It, it's not not to not to test the Mountie. Like that's just a. It's a rule to. It's one of my rules to life. No testing Mounties. You know. <laughs> my favorite thing about the country, though, in in general, I mean, and if you go out west in Vancouver, it's just so gorgeous, and obviously uh, Alberta, and just I mean, just it's such a gorgeous country. My favorite thing is like it has the reputation that Canadians are super nice, right? Yeah, they're it, so nice. Yeah. And they yeah. really, truly are to the level that when like their city buses. If one's broken down or is like off duty, the sign on the front of it, the LED says, just says, sorry. Just says, sorry. <laughs> just, the buses apologize. It's so nice up there. It's nice people. It is. Everybody has been so kind. I mean, like, yeah, I, I have, I've really enjoyed it for the first 24 hours. 
Do you do you ever do you because I feel like if I would go and I don't feel but like you I'm not an, so this is I don't an if. yeah yeah if yeah hypothetically if the ban was lifted right and you know the, the, <laughs> the request diplomats the request came, diplomats lifted. did some bargaining on my behavior and they welcomed me to the great nation of Canada I feel like I feel like I'm not like a not nice person but I would be very tempted to take advantage of all the niceness you know <laughs> like I would be I would I would be like you know I forgot my wallet so I don't know if I can pay and they'd be too embarrassed they'd be like oh he's a visitor let him go I would just I would just take advantage of the niceness until people get very not nice and yeah. that would be my strategy for Canada your strategy That's probably why they don't let you in Jesse they can sniff people yeah. like you out from yeah. a lot of miles away yeah. Hey, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to uh, Lisa Gunger, the the better half of Gunger. Is that what we're calling her now? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think there's. Yeah, I think that's universally accepted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I think Michael would yeah, say that's that. That's what I'm well. saying. Uh, we're friends with the Gungers, and uh, Lisa has a great new book out. We talked to her in the new issue of Relevant, and we're going to bring you some of that conversation here on the show today. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's one thing we need to address. I was worried after last week's show. We got a lot of feedback, by the way, last week's last week's two shows. Which, okay, so, uh, so you're talking about the Wednesday episode with Corey Asbury? Or are you referring to the Friday episode with Bob Earnham? Yeah, Bob. Bob, Ur- oh Bob my gosh, Ur- that had made me laugh so <laughs> much. Bo Jesse. Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham so we we had we had a couple <laughs> big moments uh, last week. Uh, Eddie said his you know he announced he was moving. Um, and, we no, had Bob let's Ur- clarify. Let's clarify because <laughs> Twitter is like doing RIP type posts about Eddie, and he is not totally. dead nor leaving yeah. the show. He's yeah. just physically moving locations. And, you know, it's amazing with the wonders of technology. We have people in Virginia, people in Canada, mm-hmm. and people could... This is an international pe- show this week. People could be on the show from Gainesville, Florida as well. So, and Eddie, yeah. Eddie's <laughs> going to be back in Orlando about once a month. I don't know, um, man. It seems like yeah. a reach. The, the, plan, the plan is for Eddie to be in the regular <laughs> rotation of the show still. So all yeah. of you who are like in sackcloth and ashes and mourning the loss of Eddie Koffold, it's a little premature. He's still in the yeah. mix. He's just yeah. going to... You know, be doing some to, other stuff as, too. T- to our knowledge, he's still alive yeah. at, at the moment that we're recording. And, <laughs> and there it's are a lot of alligators. We're all still here, you guys. We're all yeah. still here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'll say this. So we got yeah. some feedback about that. We got some feedback about Bob Arum. People really love that. And then we talked. We also had an interview with uh, worship leader Corey Asbury, known for the song, among other things, known for the song "Reckless Love." And well, now he's known for the things, interview, "Reckless Love." And his and, black card. And we, we, re- we revealed that uh, he recently paid a corporate event for Chick-fil-A. And in lieu of taking an honorarium, like a payment for the performance, he requested that they give him a, the, the semi-mythical Chick-fil-A black card, which gives him free Chick-fil-A for life. I was concerned when we revealed this fact because it really overshadowed said, a lot well, of the And he said it to you, like, he said it to you off the record. He was just kind of talking the after the interview. Oh, by the way, you know, the, it just came yeah. up and you outed him on a very public platform. <laughs> That's right. And, and but I knew I, I almost said, you know, Chandler, take that. I was like, no, a horse has left the barn. I'm a journalist. Nothing is off the record. Anything that a friend tells me personally. And I've had the I've had a lot of friends confess some deep, dark sins. Doesn't matter. And you just share that it. friend. If that friend gets famous, the first thing I'm doing is unveiling their deep, dark secret. I'm a journalist, people. I'm a journalist person. You know who you're talking uh, to. Is what you're saying. Second. Yeah, they know who they're talking to. I, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a, that's a right. decent human being far down the ladder. Journalist at the top. <laughs> 
So I unveiled this interesting tidbit about about him, and I was concerned because now, in my mind, he's going to be taken advantage of. You know, it's like when it's like when a a a college superstar gets picked in the draft, and all of a sudden, family starts coming out of the right. woodwork and wanting to work for him or need money or something. No, every we, we've seen we've seen that a million every times. time now. He's play, touring, playing a show. Everybody's going to know everybody's that in his wallet out. is a Chick Fil A black card. Right? Hey, lunch is on you, Corey. I mean, for the rest <laughs> right. of his life. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he. We've made every. He's gonna have to like sneak away to lunch. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like th- like having a Chick Fil A black card that enables you to get all the free meals you want. That legitimately puts personal relationships at risk because if they're like, "Hey guys, where are we going to lunch today?" and everyone kind of looks at Corey and he's like, "I was kind of feeling Moe's today." <laughs> <laughs> like in a, a burrito bowl or something. They're like, Corey, okay, we see what's happening here. You just, you know. You're, you're, are you too good for us, man? You're too good for us? So I was worried about this scenario playing out and think we may have burned a bridge right. with him. But Annie, you actually got personal text messages from Corey following the release of the show. Can you tell us uh, what? I don't want to reveal too soon, but tell us, well, one, will Corey Hasbury ever join us again? And two, what well, did he think of no, us even Before him? that, one, what did he hear the show? Uh, because a lot of our guests might fast forward to their segment, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. that was the kind of my hope is that Corey would fast forward <laughs> to his segment and miss all of our other stuff and then go, Hey, great episode. Thanks for having me on and tweet it out. Right. <laughs> Completely oblivious to the 90% of the content, but uh, did he hear all of it? That's my main question. The iron is he was pouring his heart out in that interview. It was a great, if you I know, it was so great. It. Like it was like, there was two types of comments about the show. One was, <laughs> Man, the Corey Asbury interview, I'm like bawling my eyes out. How moving. <laughs> and then also, I need to meet Corey because I, I'm in the mood for some Chick-fil-A. You know? <laughs> okay, so I will answer your questions. He texted me while he was listening to the show. Okay, so he okay. listened to the whole show. Okay, all right. And he, th- he thought it was hysterical. And also, he said, he said, don't you, y'all don't need to underestimate this. I have a family of five. And he was like, this, I made the right choice. Trust me, I okay. made the right yeah. choice. Okay, because, because the thing is, Cameron did some back of the napkin math <laughs> yeah. during the right. show. And was trying I, to I calculate what his estimated honorarium would be yeah. and how long it would take to regularly eat Chick-fil-A yes. right. to make up for a hypothetical yeah. honorarium. And we were saying over a decade, but we weren't counting the family of five scenario right. at that point. He said, yeah. you're talking $30 a pop three times a week at least. Three times, wow. That's a lot of fried chicken. Chicken you're giving your kids or a grilled chicken or salad. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. There's op- yeah. there's options. There's more than one thing. What kid Dude, wants to get the kids meal with the grilled so, nuggets? Yes, I though. think, I think Corey being on the show again is a very high probability. Cause he laughed a lot. He really, I mean, we talked for a long time about how much he enjoyed yeah. the show and how funny he thought it was. And I didn't even ask if the black card was real. He volunteered that because yeah. on my list, journalism is way lower than being a decent human being, Jesse. <laughs> so I wouldn't have led with that. And, uh, but that is, he, he liked it. We're in, he's part of the family now. Okay. Well then I think we need to have him on the show. I mean, like yeah. maybe, oh, yeah. man, we should maybe in like next week or the week after let's have him on. Yeah. Let's just have him on. Let's, like not as a segment guest. Let's just have him on. Let's, let's, have, let's, have, let's have him sit in the co-pilot seat. Yeah, for let, let's have him come to the studio. Let's tape, you know, up until about lunchtime. And then let's just see what happens. Then, yeah. Hey, I feel like co-pilot is a little generous. Let's give him like 
the stewardess of first class kind of level, not, okay. not co-pilot. Is there a Chick-fil-A yeah. themed game that we could put together by that point? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to reach out to Corey. We're going to reach out to Corey. Mark your calendars. Tell your friends to subscribe. We're going to reach out to Corey. We're going to have him sit in on an episode, and we're going to play a Chick-fil-A game live, and it's going to be fantastic. If you want to be involved, I'm going to go ahead and get the, get the, the, I think we need a listener in on it too. So if you want to be on oh, the Chick-fil-A that's a game. a great idea. I need, if you consider yourself like a master of Chick-fil-A. And I don't know what that entails. The menu's very small. There's very little to master. But either way, <laughs> if you twice, consider yourself someone who knows Chick-fil-A well, DM us at Relevant Podcast on Twitter and maybe you can play a game with Corey Asbury if he, if he after hearing this, still wants to be on with I'm him. sure he does. I mean, I'm telling y'all, he is, he's one of the funniest. <laughs> he's, he's so in and he loved it. So, See, good. He, good. I'm gonna Okay, su- I got to ask context. How do you know him? Um, from he was on my podcast and we were friends. Okay, all right. So, so and and so he, you are saying from your own observation, he is funny, like not just because he had a good sense of humor about the jokes. Oh no, we no, were no! Cracking. In our friendship, in our life, I find him to be incredibly fun. He is one of my funniest real life friends. Yeah. See, that's cool. interesting that you're friends with people after you interview them. Most of mine, I never hear from again. It might be because my interview style involves the final question, which is, what is your secret sin, sir or ma'am? <laughs> well, it's because you always mis- mix up the sir or ma'am. That's what offends them. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I, I, th- I blackmail them with that information. Yeah, so right. you, generally, right. they don't reach back out after. But, you know. <laughs> I have a file. I, I had a Corey Asbury. I, I thought of Corey this weekend. Uh, here in Orlando, there was a Jesus Culture Kim Walker Smith tour, and the opening uh, artist was one of the Bethel artists. And Corey's of the Bethel music world, right? And yeah. Reckless Loves in that in that uh, lexicon or ca- catalog, I guess. And uh, and the guy, I, I hadn't heard this worship leader before, and he was doing his own stuff or whatever. And then about and it was like new music, and the crowd wasn't really participating. And then um, about halfway through, the chord, the opening chord of Reckless Love plays. Mm, the crowd goes mm. nuts. Get the pop. And he's really? like, yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, hands up. Everybody's all in. Like, we've been waiting for this moment. Oh, Reckless Love. And I, I guarantee you, everybody there thought that this guy was the writer. I'm, go, I'm going, people, yeah. this is a counterfeit. This is not Corey Asbury. <laughs> this is a cover. Like, this is a cover yeah. song. This guy milked Corey's cover. Like, like, yeah, like it was his own. He was like doing his own stuff. And, and the he, guy was throwing Chick-fil-A sandwiches just wildly <laughs> into the worshipers. Just you know? launching them. It was just some Bethel guy. And I'm going, wait, is that okay? You're doing your own stuff. You, just, you throw a little reckless love in there and go back to your own stuff and make it seem like reckless love is your song. I'm not okay well, with this. Well, did he say it was Coming a song off. though, Cameron? He didn't say he anything. Sing? I mean, in Bethel world, they just all sing each other's stuff all the time. Okay, well, he did point out his new stuff. Like, this is my stuff, my stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wrote this. The crowd's kind of like doesn't know it, so they're not really into it. And then Reckless Love, we're all in. Right. And then he kind of veered back toward his own stuff that nobody knew. And that's what I'm saying. He's like, it kind of kind of glossed over. Yeah, he kind of just let the label just. Yeah, it's because in fairness, in fairness, I heard about this. He said it like this. Ladies and gentlemen, I've written a lot of new beautiful songs. This one's by Corey Ashbury. It's called Reckless Love. And then, you know, I could see how there was confusion. I could see how there was confusion. Who loves Chick-fil-A? Who loves Jesus? Yeah. I have a real-time update. Is everyone ready? Yeah, please. Corey's in. I texted him and said, come co-host with us. And he said, I'd love it. Well, there you go. He's yeah, in. So y'all is. just take it from there. Now, now, right. Jesse, in your mind, is this Chick-fil-A game that you're concocting? 
Does it have mm-hmm. like that double dare physical challenge element to it? It should. It, it should involve because I feel like here's the thing. Like if Corey's eating there three times a week, he right. probably has like an incredible physical capability of eating nuggets. I want to. You're I talking, think you're talking like hot dog platter. championship type stamina for for Chick Fil A yeah. nuggets. So yeah. you're saying we yeah. should get some platters he, he, and just have him. Hey, in the we studio. got a Daz right like here. Why can't we make Daz, Daz do it? <laughs> Daz will do it. We're veering toward a new Daz will do it. I have a Daz will do it idea that's going to come up later in this podcast. It's going to go in case you missed it. I want to hear your willingness um, because oh, it takes good. your pop culture prowess. Yes. So, so real quick, if you don't know, if 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 listeners. Uh, you know, are familiar with Daz. If you've read any of the pop culture stuff, including uh, some really great profiles in the mag, the last couple issues of the magazine, Word. Charlemagne the God, Ethan Hawke, uh, an upcoming uh, one that you'll read. You know, he's our pop culture guru. I have a pop culture Daz will do is that I want to mention a little bit later in this show. Oh, wow. All right. Well, can we double thing. down on our Daz will do it and get him to eat a lot of nuggets, too? I really miss making Daz eat stuff. I don't know. I don't know how willing he is to do the, the eating challenges anymore i think the 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 what, IHOP, done, i think the, i think the ihop one burned him on it <laughs> took took a lot of therapy i, I totally understand that i don't blame yeah. you at all Daz, but nuggets are different buddy nuggets are different high protein, protein. I, i'm high protein. hey i'm willing to volunteer myself for if it's me oh. and Corey asbury eating nuggets oh i am down because i don't we have a black card but i eat there three times have- a week <laughs> <laughs> have I ever told y'all my dream of making a nugget loaf like monkey bread? Do y'all know monkey bread? No. Yes. Oh, gosh. Is it okay, like, thanks, Daz. Is yeah. it like, monkey bread is like, like before you continue, can I just say it's two words that should never be included in the, when I'm looking at an entree for dinner? One is monkey and the other is loaf. I, if any, if either of those are involved in me, like, that's disgusting. Keep it away from me. No, no, no. A nugget loaf is awesome. I, there's this monkey bread thing you can Anytime make where you, you take something. It's disgusting. No, you loaf Jesse, it. Wait, listen. <laughs> you tear up raw biscuit and you mix it up with cinnamon sugar and you bake it like a cinnamon roll, but you bake it in a bunt pan. And so you just pull off the little pieces. So my cousins and I have this dream because one of them works at two of them work at Chick-fil-A's. We have this dream of doing that with nuggets where we put nuggets in a like a bunt pan or a like loaf pan and drizzle sauce on it. And then you like serve it at a meal like one piece and then people just pick off the nuggets that they want. A loaf I'm, of nuggets. I'm, ty- I'm tired of people loafing things that aren't naturally <laughs> loafed. I'm talking. No, I'm mainly this is talking a great idea. I'm talking. It's like me. how they another way to present the nuggets instead of just the tray for parties. Chick Fil A can start selling loaves, and you get to pick so, your sauce. Some are Polynesian, some are barbecue, and you buy a loaf of nuggets instead of a party tray. You know what's great about the party tray is you can eat one or two. You know what's bad about the loaf idea is you're sitting there walking around a party with a giant loaf in front of you. No, no, you just... (laughs) Well, there there really isn't much to the loaf line. I mean, you got your meatloaf. What other kind of loafs are there for you to have such a strong opinion and aversion to loafing? Well, when does Jesse ever need a reason to have an opinion, Cameron? (laughs) Cameron, name one other food you want to... Let me... This is real talk. Name... And and this will put my theory to rest. Name one other food that you would want to eat in loaf form. <laughs> yeah, what's this monkey loaf thing? Is that the cinnamon monkey thing bread. you're talking about? Okay, or monkey oh, bread. I'll make it. when I'm Next time I'm down there, I'll make some and we'll have it. And people will know. People know. I mean, everybody knows, but y'all, it's so good. It's like little pieces of cinnamon roll, but you in there, but it's like a, a fourth of a biscuit, right? So it's about, it's a hand size, a little bit smaller in your hand. And it's covered in cinnamon sugar and melted like butter and stuff. Daz, say what you're feeling. I can see it. What do it's you good. Feeling? It's like a pull apart situation. So it sits at yeah. the center and center of the table and you just 
pull off a piece. So you just all kind of just shove your hands into it and just kind yeah, of yeah, root yeah. around. Well, you use yeah. a fork if you're a human, but yeah, that's that's how it works. You just pull off little pieces. No, I don't do family style. I hate family style. Like when the <laughs> like, there's nothing worse to me than going to a family style re- restaurant. It just makes it awkward for everyone because everyone's judging everyone else's portion. Like, oh, you're taking taking that big a scoop of mac and cheese. Okay, <laughs> I see, I see. It just there's no point. Just everyone order what you want. Like we like they have menus with like a thousand things on them just order what you want don't order for the table i'm good i'm i'm capable of ordering my own family style no is ridiculous so is loafing so and fun. so is monkey stuff but what do you feel about tapas i mean tapas is shareable but ah. it's not not about like huge portions tapas is the worst what? they're so tiny it's so it's t- stupid you know what i call tapas yeah I'm swinging by I'm swinging by Wendy's on the way home. Every time I go by Tapas, I spent like fifty bucks <laughs> because I'm, I just keep ordering because my yes. hunger is even dented. They're just teasing my appetite yeah, with these right. tiny these tiny portions. And every time I'm like I'm getting like two junior bacon cheeseburgers because I am famished. Like I'm gonna pass out here. I don't know. I, yeah. I like the adventure of Tapas. I like being able to try different stuff that you can kind of go more toward the exotic part right. of the menu. You're only committed to like two bites. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in on tapas. It's a hard pass. I, I have to be careful when I ask friends if they want to go eat tapas because I say, like, do you want to go to a tapas restaurant? And they're like, a what? You know, like, yeah. Because it maybe it's my enunciation. It but does it sound like a bad I, restaurant. Yeah, it, that's an easy mistake to make. Um, those kind of <laughs> restaurants I don't go to either for, for other reasons. But uh, <laughs> I, I once told uh, a friend asked me why I don't eat mushrooms. And I said, well, I don't want anything. I don't want to eat anything that grows on a damp plog. And they said, what's a plog? Oh. <laughs> Stay away from plog stuff, you know. You should have just leaned into it and just acted like you're really. Stuff. Yeah, you don't. You know, you don't know mushrooms growing plogs. <laughs> I hate those man. plogs. Wait, is that really your reason for not eating mushrooms, Cameron? That's so dumb. What are you talking about? If it can grow in the woods in the shade, because it, it's like mildew, just spawning. Yeah, I don't want to eat it. Mushrooms are not, oh gosh, I can't with this. Y'all need to be eating your vegetables. I don't have time for this. We'll make a mushroom loaf next time too and you'll love it. I don't mind. I, I like to eat things where when I look at it, I don't know what it originally looked like. Like a chicken nugget, like I, I don't know what that chicken looked like and I don't care. Like same with, like I can look at like a piece of pizza. I don't know what any of those ingredients originally look like. That to me shows someone actually prepared this and I'm not like a rabbit eating like leaves. I'm a human being. I'm a, so I'm a human being. So the less you recognize the food, the better it is to you. That's the right. less you, you know, recognize the ingredients in their original form. Pack it up, fry it, preserve it, whatever. Put it put it in pocket form and he's good. That would that's see, here's where you're such a conundrum because that is actually why a loaf life would be a dream for you. Oh, yeah, that's true. Ooh. If you like hot pockets, it's just loaves or big, big, well, who bigger doesn't pockets. like hot pockets? Hot I, pockets like my, I like calzones. my ingredients separate, is the thing. I don't like it oh. when you just stir it all up and bake it and loaf it. Like a hot pocket's great because I cut it open and the sauce and cheeses or, or meatballs or whatever kind of exotic hot pot you think. I know, I know exactly <laughs> what I'm eating. Same thing yeah. with a pizza. If you yeah. just took it's like a loaf is like taking a slice of pizza and slamming it in the blender and then cooking the blended pizza. It's disgusting. Oh. Like, there's no point no. in that. It's almost like it's pre-digested for you. Exactly. exactly. Thank you. Y'all Perfect. are not talking about Perfect. loaves. I You're talking about stomach. soup. I have the, doing I, this so I, wrong. And by the way, I have the stomach of a billy goat. It, has eaten, <laughs> it has consumed so much horrid things that it can literally, it's literally capable of standing anything. It's like the stomach of like a feral dog. Like, give me oh anything and I'll be fine. 
Hey, uh, move the show along. It's time for our weekly look back to what, at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, this week, NBA superstar Steph Curry announced he's going to start making Christian-leaning films. Uh, not Christian films. Christian-leaning films. Yeah. His production company, Unanimous Media, has inked a new deal, deal with Sony for a series of films, some of which are for faith audiences. In addition to some inspirational family-friendly sports movies, his company is working on an animated Bible movie, a film centered on the Christmas and Easter holidays, and a movie called Church Hoppers, a comedy in the vein of Wedding Crashers, in which a group <gasps> of guys held uh, help their friend navigate the dating scene at a series of churches. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds so funny to me. Steph uh, told Variety, it's not about me hitting people over the head with a Bible and telling them they have to believe a certain thing or think a certain way. I don't mind being called corny. I'm comfortable with who I am. There you go. I, I mean, it seems like the market for church hoppers would be pretty narrow. But I feel like that sounds like uh, really? a Tyler Perry movie or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. those movies that, kill it. Is, those movies kill yeah, it. Yeah, why yeah. does that feel more narrow to you than Wedding Crashers? Because it's Christian and church? Well, yeah, literally everybody can relate to a wedding. And 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 the experience of a wedding. Not that many people can relate to church hopping. I mean, yeah, yeah but re- I mean, relatively. doesn't this fit in the same vein as God's Not Dead? Of like, yeah, no one's going to watch this because that market's so small. And then everybody who ever well, has walked to a church watches. No, 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 because no, God's Not Dead is like just general faith audiences. Church hoppers, guys helping their buddy date at a series of churches, is a narrow sliver of yeah. the faith community, right? I mean, the faith experience. I mean, everybody's been there though. No, I'm. I'm we're going to stand on opposite have. ends of this war. Well, I don't uh, think my see, parents have. Well, it seems more like a rom-com. I think, I think our dad might go see that. If there's <laughs> yeah. some slapstick. If there's Date some slapstick. I think that's strings. a burn. Yeah. I think that's a burn, and I think y'all are wrong. I think it's going to be... That sounds so funny to well, me. Well, well, well also, th- 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 this got me kind of thinking about a Dazzle Do It challenge, because I feel like a lot of these Christian movies have gotten <laughs> oh, sort of a bad a rap. Challenge. Please, a challenge. Oh, no. oh, well, that could be one, too. But I feel like a lot of these movies... I think... We are overdue for Daz uh, binge watching the Pure Flix catalog because oh they re- they release tons of movies. Some of them are like straight to oh, streaming, man. and then yeah. him ha- come on and rank them for I us. Want, I want a full review of their soap opera of the Pure Flix soap what, opera. What's the what's Is the soap opera? No? I don't know. It was called like it's called Hilton Head Island. Oh, it's about Hilton. That sounds like a it's that a, sounds like a murder mystery. It's a Christian soap opera by Pure Flix. Are people Is it murdered on right on now? It? Can you watch it now? Yeah, I think if I think you, if have, you a, have a Pure Flix subscription. Oh. That, that's a key. You have to have a Pure Flix subscription. Can I borrow yours, Chandler? Can I borrow your login? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll send you my login. <laughs> my parents gave it to him for Christmas every year. His uh, Pure Flix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So, so is should we have Daz binge watch Hilton Head Island, the the soap opera, or should we have him binge watch their greatest hit movies and rank them for us? Oh yeah, top top ten Pure Flix films of all time is oh, a uh, listicle. Oh, that's so much of Daz's time. Now, now, okay. So I I didn't I didn't I didn't grow up in this in this world. Or movies or well, this Rambo stuff is all and, new, man. I mean, th- this is in the last five years, is, ten years. Of oh, this, yeah. yeah, this is a new phenomenon in the Christian subculture. It's almost better that you haven't. Th- this is post Netflix, like they're they're going yeah. having. Like oh, a, got it, got it, got it. So they got some they got some pure flicks originals. Going th- that's on. all of these oh, are pure yeah. flicks originals. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, they, it's not like you can you can. Uh, well, like what's that classic one you guys talk about? A Thief in the Night. Oh no, that's just from the seventies. No, those no, no, didn't no. make like, any money. That's not, they on, just scared, that's not on pure flicks. No, they just scared Christian children about the rapture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so pure flicks are the, the God's Not Dead trilogy. Um, uh, trilogy. Like fireproof, Jeez. I oh, think. Yeah. 
Um, the one about God's the, not dead one because he's not dead. God's not dead too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> just a reminder. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Uh, God's not dead three. What was God's not dead three? Judgment Day. Nope. <laughs> Man, someone on Twitter did some good ones. I laughed. I like we checked. One. He was just leaving. <laughs> okay, Daz. That's so much of Daz's time to make him watch all those films. And I ten movies. I mean, he's a movie so critic. He's a movie critic. This is how he spends it. Daz, don't you okay. love watching movies? <laughs> he's a student of film. <laughs> Yeah, it looks Student like the game. <laughs> it looks like Daz, that uh, soap opera is currently released. It's, Daz, this is on you, buddy, because I tried to fall. make you eat nuggets and you turned it down, and now you're having to spend the next seventy hours of your life watching movies. Well, <laughs> how, how many how many episodes of the uh, of the of the soap opera do they have going on? Um, well, it's full season, so you're going anywhere between series. six and twenty four. Ten episodes. Ten, ten episodes. episodes versus ten movies. And seems Hilton like a no brainer. Listen, I'll. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch the Hilton Head Island series. Yeah, yeah. Annie. You've piqued I mean, my interest. <laughs> <laughs> There's, they have a, another comedy uh, that came out right after called Malibu Dan. Another Malibu uh, Dan? Another, wait, yeah, wait, another, wait. Hold on. What genre like is David Malibu Spade. Dan? It just says comedy. Oh, wow, wow, wow. It's, uh, it's about a co-host of a morning talk show in Malibu. So they also, though, uh, the Pure Flix team also acquires films. Like, okay. Because, uh, like, for example, uh, Warner Brothers, I mean, we covered it uh, a couple years ago. There was a Hillsong United documentary, like yeah. music documentary. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. actually really good. It was by the guy who did the Jay-Z documentary and stuff. It was just, it, it was cool. really well done. And um, when they were looking for distribution, Warner Brothers greenlit the project. And then ultimately, like, they had to find other distribution. Pure Flix stepped in. Did a very limited theatrical release and then okay. and then locked it down on Pure Flix, so nobody saw it, which is unfortunate because it was actually a really good film. So they do have other stuff too, you know, okay. other than yeah. their uh, Pure Flix originals. And and a while but. ago, we actually <laughs> we actually made a listicle for them and pitched our own soap opera ideas in case they were look in case <gasps> the genre is taken off. Can I read a couple? Yeah, please. This is our elevator pitch. I mean, th- this okay. is the the soap opera version of what like Steph is doing with church hoppers. You're talking exactly. like we're just pitching soap so opera ideas to Pure I, Flix. I'm giving this is the elevator pitch for Christian soap operas that Pure Flix needs to adapt next. Yeah. Uh, 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 Tyler Huckabee also uh, contributed to this. One, this Feels one's right. called this one's called the Waiting Game. Purity pledges are put to the test when a singles <gasps> ministry outing crash lands on an abandoned tropical island. 20 eligible singles, one exotic beach, no ordained a wedding officiant in sight. I would watch. That sounds great. We should make yeah. that a reality show. Do okay, you see that? One, I'm sorry. Is that a reality? Are you saying this is a reality show? No, or that's this a soap is a opera. That's a soap opera. It's a soap opera. This I would watch, this, I, I'd watch that. I'd watch this, that. One's called, this one's called Days of Our Life Way. Days of our life. Way. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> a oh Lifeway manager oh, finds his new beautiful single employee secretly reading banned Rachel Held Evans books. What will he do when forced to decide between oh, his no. conviction and his heart? A tale of forbidden romance and forbidden theology. We have dozens of these, and I am letting Pure Flix oh. know that they are all for sale. They're all for sale. So, oh, gosh. The, are, you are, well, I'll do one more. I'll okay. do one more. That one's it's brilliant. Called, this one's called this one's called the bold in the Bible school. 
<laughs> the mold in the Bible Torrid school. tales of dress code violations, curfew breaking, and hand holding in the Bible Belt's most conservative Baptist seminary. I'm watching these. I'm watching these. Pure flicks. This guy is, is like the Bible school deal. bad boys. Yeah. I mean, I mean they that's held hands. so brilliant. Unauthorized hand holding is a big deal at certain universities. Oh, I mean, it's a it's, it's a, a scandalable offense. It is it scandal. is scandalous, you know, because yeah. you know where hand holding leads <laughs> to, to sin. Side hugs. Side oh, side hugs. hugs. Side, side, side hugs. hugs. Yeah, hand holding to side hugs. It's a slippery and slope, then, is what I mean, you're then, saying. You know, yeah, that's that's just a slippery slope. playground. Yeah, a very slippery slope. <laughs> hey, in case you missed yeah. it, uh, this week Katy Perry discussed her relationship with God, uppercase G, in a new interview. Uh, the pop singer is fe- featured on the cover of the new issue of Vogue Australia, and and uh, she opened up about her evolving outlook on faith and life. She discusses her uh, recent meeting with Pope Francis and what sparked her to seek a meeting in the first place, attending Mass with her mother, who is raised Catholic. She explained, um, it started when we were on the Asia leg of the tour, and I went to Mass with my mom. She hadn't sung those songs in 40 years, and watching her made me cry. It's so beautiful and humbling to recenter in a place where it's not about anything else but reconnecting with the divine. Uh, she said this about the Pope. I'm such a big fan of Pope Francis. It's a combination of compassion, humility, sternness, and refusal. He's a rebel, a rebel for Jesus. He's bringing the church back to humility and connecting with people. He's very humble and not frivolous. Um, Katie started her career, uh, you might know, as a Christian singer uh, Katie Hudson, that was her name. Yeah, back yeah. in the early two thousands, yeah. and she uh, she also said she's spending more time thinking about faith in God. My mom has prayed for me my entire life. She said, uh, hoping I'd come back to God. I never left him. I was just a little bit secular. I was more materialistic and more career driven. <laughs> but now that I'm in my thirties, it's more about spirituality and heart wholeness. There you go. Um, on her. I mean, uh, that should be our new tagline. Relevant Magazine, just a little bit secular. Just a little <laughs> just bit a little secular. Bit. <laughs> just a little it's a soap secular. opera. It's still a soap opera, but, you know, just a little we, we, bit we, we allude to things that never happen. It, you know, there's there's very little sex or intrigue in these soap operas. It's just a little sex. Just a little, just a little secular. That's so weird. Hey, did y'all ever see Katy Perry when she was Katie Hudson perform? I didn't. Uh, yeah, I did. I saw her at a Christian music festival in like 2001. Oh, she, she was, was a yeah. legit traveling recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she like was, opened she for Jeremy big. Camp she, or something, right? Yeah. She was uh, famously dating Matt Thiessen, the lead singer of Reliant K for a oh, couple of years. She, oh my gosh. She's, no in a, she's in an old Reliant K music video, I think. Yeah. She's yeah, singing background vocals Whoa. on uh, the P.O.D. song. I think it's Youth of a Nation. Uh, no, you know, P.O.D. No. the old uh, Dude, she Christian. was in. That's a crowd of kids. I know it's easily confused, but hey, Katie Hudson was like a big. I was in Nashville um, in that era, and she was like a big yeah, deal, like uh, emerging, like the next big Christian pop star, as like a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. You know, they were like yeah. signing yeah. high school kids to like you know, like the NBA draft, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she did I, I, it. I, I mean, she drank the Kool Aid for like a solid five-year run, and then you know her label deal ran out. She kind of went away for a few years, and then reemerged as Katy Perry. Wow, on a mainstream yeah. label, yeah. But I think both her, her parents are are ministry. I ha, I kind of have a theory that her, you know, she talked about in the same interview how it, personally she took like negative reviews of her last album, which has by all measures. I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything, you know, 
that out of line has been a critical and commercial failure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our, you know, when's the last time you've heard, you heard like a recent Katy Perry song, even though she has a new album, it wait, just wait, hasn't wait, been wait, well Was received. that the one with the, and, with the slam, the basketball slam song? Yeah. Slam a jam. Yeah. Or was that swish, swish, swish. Is that the swish, one? Swish, that's the one like with the backpack yeah. kid on SNL, right? Yep. Like, it's funny the that the, that the kid dancing with her is the one who got more popular off of her performance than her actual performance. <laughs> it's true. Man, yeah. no kid's like a thing. That's His a flossing song. dance is everywhere now. Oh, they showed yeah. it last night at the Blue Jays game. It was like on the big screen at the Blue Jays game. And I was like, that yeah. kid in the, and I was like, he always has a backpack on. <laughs> but, but I wonder, I wonder if now because of that, like she will kind of feel more creative freedom to like, look, if I want to make stuff that's more spiritually focused and not kind of like these, what I think are going to be edgy pop songs, you, you know, I wonder if it will kind of um, let her e- experiment with more creative and thematic content because she tried to make just like a big pop album and it and it just didn't do anything. Jesse, it's interesting. Well, as you were talking, I just got a new uh, a press release announcing a new film from Pure Flix. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> no, this is crazy. This is crazy timing. It's titled A Little Bit Secular, The Katy Perry Story. And then look at that. <laughs> the Katy Hudson story. I would watch that. I would watch All right, that. How about, one more, how about one more soap opera pitch real quick? Yeah. This do we one's get to called, star in any of these, Jesse? Because that's you, well, you cast do. them. You can cast okay. them as you like. Okay. This one's called Colorado Springs Eternal. Colorado Springs <laughs> <laughs> Here's the elevator pitch. Here's the elevator pitch. Okay. All right. Here it is. Here it is for Colorado Springs Eternal. Don't focus on this family of church going oil tycoons too hard. You might not like what you find. To be fair, it's a Christian soap opera, so it's nothing really exciting. But still, Colorado Springs Eternal. Church going oil tycoons. Don't focus on that family. Oh, my goodness. Pure Flix, call me. Call me. 10 episodes of ethical business practices. Colorado Springs Eternal. There's no conflict. Like, do we tie the straight 10% or do we boost it to 12? That's the big conflict in one of the episodes. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What um, a dream. I'm still stuck on days of our Lifeway. <laughs> yeah, about the Lifeway manager and the and the and the single young employee reading Rachel held out books. It's a thriller. Yeah. I don't know why after we posted yeah. that that we heard nothing. Dude, from we that. didn't hear nothing. anything from I think it a slap in the face. So this is not like Corey Asbury where we po- where we talk about his black card. We hear from him. You posted deliberately tagging Pure Flix. We heard nothing. Can't believe can it. I can I be honest? This is probably has to be taken out. I did hear from our ad team, and they were not happy because they had a deal going with them, and that is true. <laughs> oh, <whoops. laughs> they literally, I got a chime one day that said, "Thanks a lot for this." Because <laughs> oh, we talk about them a lot I, too. I didn't know. I didn't know. But hey, I you know you can't tame the beast. Is. You can't. I you mean, can't. You can't. You can't cage me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's more advertisers. Out there. <laughs> There's other ones. Yeah. But they literally. They were, the, the chime was a link and said, "Thanks for this." <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's really funny. Um, hey, in case you missed it, Netflix, not Pureflix. Netflix is making a show about Jesus coming back as a 12 year old kid. The story comes from comic book legend Mark Miller. The mind behind comic stories that have been adapted into films like Kingsman, um, Avengers, Infinity War, and Logan. It's going to be called American Jesus. And in it, uh, Jesus comes back to Earth as a modern-day 12-year-old boy. From the original comic description, it says, He can turn water into wine, make the crippled walk, and perhaps even raise the dead. 
How will he deal with the destiny to lead the world in a conflict thousands of years in the making? Uh, Miller is a Catholic and explained the comic book as reverential in a 2012 interview with Rappler. He said, it's actually very reverential. Like if I write a Spider-Man comic, I want Spider-Man fans to like that comic. If I write a story starring Jesus, I want Christians to like that comic. Sometimes you get stories about religion, mainly to attack religion. It's something that if you're a Christian, you won't be happy about. So the American Mm. Jesus comic is something Catholics would like. Yeah, this is cool. That's he's he's a sneaky huge deal. Like he's he he as you say, like Infinity did, War. I mean, it Logan Infinity War. I think he was involved in uh, like Captain America and the Civil War series. So this guy's done some yeah. like, really big comic books, and uh, I think Netflix has this huge deal with him where they're rolling out a bunch of different stuff. So wow, it's cool that this is a part of it. That's yeah, fascinating. Awesome. Hey, in case you missed it, the NFL has put its national anthem demonstration ban on hold. The NFL and the NFL Players Association released a joint statement explained that no new rules relating to the anthem would be enforced in the next several weeks to, quote, allow a constructive dialogue to continue. They said, our shared focus will remain on finding a solution to the anthem issue through mutual good faith commitments outside of litigation. The development comes just hours after the AP received a, quote, discipline document created by the Miami Dolphins saying that players could be suspended up to four games if they protest during the anthem. The document makes uh, them the first NFL team with a policy that could punish its players for kneeling during the anthem. NFL owners approved a policy in May requiring players to stand during the national anthem on the field. The policy also allowed players to stay in the locker room during the anthem. It said that if any player chooses to protest on the sideline, the NFL could find the team. Players could also be fined by their team specifically per the policy, but it's good that they're continuing the dialogue uh, cons- yeah. you know, versus... Uh, the uh, polarizing kind of right. dialogue that's happening yeah. on Twitter right now. I, I, I guess my thing is just how uh, like completely tone deaf the NFL is not just to the desire of their players, but also from a public relations standpoint, like this move only came after players from the Dolphins leaked a document that from the team that said, you're going to be fined. And there was such really? an outrage among fans, you know, that just said, look, this, you know, uh, this doesn't seem like a good solution. That's when they came and released this statement. I do agree. I think it's a positive thing that they're reevaluating and want to keep it outside of court. But honestly, I think if it went to court, you know, I think the Players Association, you know, would have, uh, you know, an interesting case on their hands. Um, but the NFL, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me how they can boggle these ethical PR, um, situations. You've seen it with a concussion issue. You've seen it with domestic violence. And you, you, now you see it with the, the national anthem demonstration. Hopefully this is a chance for them to course correct. I like that you called it the national anthem demonstration. Cause I think the, 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 the dialogue that's missed is that they are not protesting the anthem, you know, yeah. It's yeah. Right. demonstrating to yeah. raise awareness about, you know, uh, police brutality and, and, and injustice and especially in minority communities. I mean, that, that's all it's about. Yeah. yeah. And it's been, and to that effect, it's been effective. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they, they demonstrating during the anthem and by, and, and, you know, by, by taking a knee, which they were told, which, you know, originally Colin Kaepernick was told by a veteran who was involved with, um, not a veteran player, uh, but, military. but a military veteran. Yeah. yeah, a military yeah. veteran who was involved with veteran issues with the NFL. And he said, listen, if you want to demonstrate to the national anthem, I think you should. But I think it would be the most respectful thing is to st- 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 take a knee. Like, don't sit on the bench, take a knee. And he said, OK, I see where you're coming from. And that's, you know, the 
the posture a lot of players have chosen to take. Some are linking arms, but when it comes to raising dialogue and awareness about this issue, it's been effective. Like, I don't think you can dispute that. We're talking about it, and it, it's a constant topic of conversation among people who watch the NFL. So, yeah, we'll see how it kind of shakes out as we get closer to the season. It'll be interesting for me, like, the the, the one thing that I, I've seen raised by people you know, observing the dynamic or what's going on, the conflict is, is like, what's like, what's the resolution? You know, what, like at what point, I mean, is this a forever thing or like at what point have you accomplished or seen what you're wanting to see happen? Like what, yeah, what are the right. concrete? When, when yeah. is, when have you, what's the yeah. finish line yeah. for this? So, so yeah. even That's America question, can rally Cameron. around it. Like what, what is yeah. the, the objective other than awareness? Yeah. Because, you know, frankly, we're, we live in a fallen world and an unjust world and there will never be resolution to those injustices completely. Right. So uh, is this a forever thing or is there actually, is it legislation we're advocating for? Is it, you know, a, uh, you know, uh, prosecution for, you know, egregious offenders in the public. I, I don't know. You know, what is it that we're actually, you know, yeah, rallying but I, behind, but I think that question exists because the players and the, and the owners and institutions, the NFL on an institutional level are going in such clear opposite directions right, right, right now. Right. So there is no clear yeah. Yeah. destination. And There's I actually no think, clear goal. yeah, that's good. Right. Yes. Right. And I, and I think it's super impressive though, that the players have retained ownership yeah. over it. And even in that dolphins thing, they send out this internal memo. The players publish it right it. away. Yeah. And it's prompted the dolphins organization to go back and now reconsider that whole thing. Yeah. So the players and for are, the Dolphins organization to be in the yeah. news. Can we say well, that? Right, but you look right. at the difference how the Dolphins handled this. Unnecessary shade. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you look at how the Dolphins handled this, right? And, and what you know, dialogue gets created about the team, which hasn't been positive because it looks like players and owners on the different right. side of the page. And, you, and, you know who would have handled it better? Actual Dolphins. Yeah. They, they, honestly, they couldn't have done any worse. <laughs> Uh, but it's like, you know, when, when we had, uh, you know, Sam from uh, last season on the, the sports podcast, you know, he had George McCaskey, who is essentially he's the chairman yeah. of the Bears, essentially the owner of the Bears toward the country going to prisons with Sam to understand more yeah. about uh, systemic issues, about justice reform. And you look at those two examples and you realize some teams get it and some teams just totally don't. And that's what the players, yeah. I think, are trying to, to, to fight for. Hey, do you remember what episode that was? It made the news what Sam Acho was talking yeah. about. Uh, you know, on the Relevant Sports podcast, uh, season one, um, what episode? Um, I, I'll have to, I, I, I tell you what, I'll put it on the, in the show notes of this page. I'll put a link to it. So, cause I can't remember off the top okay. of my head, but I'll, I'll put a link to it on that page. But he actually, uh, I we had George McCaskey come on as a guest. Uh, you know, like yep. I said, the, the, essentially the owner of the team. Um, and, and I would, talk about that. I would highly recommend if you're interested in this dialogue or this conversation to go back and listen to that, to hear the perspective of an owner and a player in, on the front lines of this thing in the NFL. Um, Sam's a strong Christian and outspoken about justice yeah. issues, and it was fascinating. To yeah. Hear that. All right. Lastly, in case you missed it, Jane Fonda this week it came out that she refused to take the Lord's name in vain in an episode of Grace and Frankie. Uh, Marta Kaufman, the co-creator of the comedy, uh, was recently a panelist on the Paley at the Paley Center for Media's Going Beyond the Numbers event where she was discussing diversity in Hollywood. And she talked about how the show tries to respect its cast beliefs. Uh, she said that Fonda, who is a Christian, 
um, had them change a line so that her character didn't have to say Jesus Christ in an irreverent way. She explained, we've had little things like Jane didn't feel comfortable saying, honestly, it was Jesus Christ. Jane didn't feel comfortable saying Jesus Christ. Kaufman went on to explain that she is happy to change the dialogue for any of her cast, saying when they have an issue, it's not that they are being divas. It's not that they're being self-important. They have a real issue. The fourth season of Grace and Frankie has just been nominated for three Emmys. And it's, you know what I, one of the Emmys they were nominated for is lack of Jesus Christ. There you go. Oh. Best, best non-use of the Lord's name in vain. It's, it was a competitive category. We had, we had, oh my gosh, we had goodness gracious. Thank goodness. Are you kidding me? Those were the category. Those were the nominees this year. It was, couldn't believe it. Oh my God. That joke was a little bit secular. We can cut it if we need yeah, to. Yeah, that was a little bit secular. And if you need to distance, you need to distance yourself, if you need to distance yourself from that joke, I understand. <laughs> All right, don't do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, Lisa Gunger joins us. You're listening to the internet. That's what it sounds like. The song is La Di Da from the new album Hive Mind. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Elderbrook with Sleepwalking. In her new book, The Most Beautiful Thing I've Ever Seen, Lisa Gunger describes her own spiritual journey as she grapples with her daughter's heart condition diagnosis, the death of a friend, her husband walking away from the faith they shared, and a lot more. It's while confronting depression and doubt that Lisa rediscovers her own faith in ways she never imagined possible. We recently spoke with Lisa about her journey and how she has embraced a new kind of faith. You know, one of the interesting things, and I think she talks about this in the book, is that in addition to all these just personal tragedies and challenges that they had in their personal lives, one of the things that uh, was very difficult, especially for Michael early on, was in an interview, he kind of made this an offhanded comment about questioning how literal the creation story was in Genesis, which, uh, you know, it, it led to them being ostracized and churches canceled their appearances, basically said, if so, if, the, if they don't believe like we believe, they're not welcome here. Yeah. And they were really cast out and kind of. Um, instead of people wanting to enter into a thoughtful dialogue about an issue, we've talked about it on the show a number of times, how there's a number of perspectives on, you know, the church really made them pariahs. And that kind of mm-hmm. led, uh, to some degree, Michael down this path. And I think, you, you know, Lisa, you'll hear a lot of awesome stuff in the interview, but I think it also shows, like, why having a gracious posture towards people who uh, have legitimate questions is so important and not to play these black and white us versus then games because they have real effects on people's faith and lives. Yeah. That story just touches on so many different conflicts and challenges. And it was one of my favorite pieces in the new issue. No doubt. Here is Lisa Gunger. Would you mind just giving me sort of a, as, as brief as you can, like a Cliff Notes version of the, of the story that you're telling here, of the, of the big 
uh, like the outline, I guess? This book is about perspective. So it's, uh, it's, I talk about how we all learn to see the world through the lens of the tribe we're born into, but mm. that often stretches as we grow up. And sometimes it breaks completely uh, when tragedy hits. So um, we're all born like on this metaphorical dot, right? Our hometown or um, whatever family you're born into or, or little community um, that you grew up in, you're handed the traditions and the values, the religious and the political views of the people that you're, that are teaching you, uh, whether it's your parents or another caretaker, another family member. And that's just how, that's how we see the world. That's for me, that was the right way. Like we were Republican conservative Christians Mm -hmm. and that was, that was right and right. And everyone else was wrong. (laughs) So, um, I, I, I always felt like I was a, I was very open. I loved the story of Jesus all, all growing up. And then we went to this really uh, wild, like charismatic church. And it was like, church was exciting. And the way of Jesus was revolutionary to me. And um, I had little questions, but you weren't allowed, really allowed to ask questions. Um, and at the time right. I didn't, I didn't see, like, you just can't see what you can't see. So at the time, I, I, I didn't see, and they probably couldn't see how controlling that was and confining. Yeah. Um, and so I think when we're not allowed to ask these questions, it creates um, this tension within our faith so that when you finally are able to ask them, and it collapsed for me. Mm-hmm. So... For me, I wasn't really asked. I, I didn't fully go to the depths, uh, go to the end of my questions until I was, uh, started in college. And then when I had my first daughter and uh, and then we had a massive crash of faith. <laughs> so uh, Michael and I are touring the world and like, our dreams are coming true. I never thought that I would be playing music and singing as a career and you're having a decent amount of success at the time yeah yeah it was our career was kind of like taking off we had a big song that churches knew about and um yeah we were touring um almost full-time and and we were started a church in denver colorado and so we had become like professional christians yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. in in a sense like our whole life is built around this and and it was wonderful but as we began to travel more those questions that we both had from a young age just kept gnawing at us and we and we really started digging to the bottom of them and i think the thing that made it so scary is where we've come from this perspective this tribe that we were born into the questions weren't really allowed mm-hmm. um you know doubt was an opposition of faith and and so you're seen as a bad person I, I felt like i was a bad person for questioning and so that made this perspective shift really difficult and painful um we ended up getting like kind of kicked out of uh the church quote unquote church you know um for 
some of the beliefs that we had. And so our career started tanking and all, all around the same time we have this baby girl. Um, so she's our second daughter and her name is Lucy and she is like, she's wild and she is like a, like this, how do I explain it? Like Lucy is, her name means light, Lucy. Mm-hmm. It means Lucy because it means light, but, but she's just like a firecracker. So, uh, she's hilarious and she's, um, like super extrovert. And she, when she was born, we were told she had Down syndrome and two heart defects. So our whole world, my, really my whole perspective just on everything. I know that sounds intense, but, um, it, it all collapsed because I mean, we were having a struggle of faith. Michael, just about a year, two years previous, told me he was an atheist, mm-hmm. which that was a big surprise. Just <laughs> <laughs> traveling the world and singing songs about God. And so by the time we have, he wasn't an atheist still. Yeah. But he, um, but we were still like struggling and we were on different pages with what we believed. So yeah. we have a daughter with special needs and we're on different pages uh, with our whole belief system. And so I really didn't know how we were going to make it. I probably hit rock bottom when I was, someone in my family uh, was battling cancer. They were, they were dying. And on, on this level of like very personal family stories, facing crisis in my family and all my whole family praying for him and saying, no, we're just going to believe. And so I get this call one day and my cousin's healed. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, everyone's like rejoicing and, and like like saying praise God, praise God, crying, yeah. and yeah. and I'm the person that's like, God, I want to do that. I want to have that feeling because I I didn't want to be that cynical person in the family that is wrestling um, with the questions why. And so I just decided to. It what it felt like in my heart. It, it felt like I tried to just do the blind buy-in again and squash the questions that I had. I'm going to jump back in. I'm back in. And then I got a call and he had, one of my family members had said, oh, well, he's partially healed. <laughs> I was like, what? What does that mean? And I lost my mind. I mean, I lost my mind. <laughs> I mean, I could laugh about it now, but at the time I was like weeping, you know, and very, in much suffering, you know, much, much suffering that, that I, on this side of it, like I've come to learn like that suffering that I was creating. I mean, I think I was, on one hand, I was really, I was suffering with, with the way I'd been programmed to view mm-hmm. the world. And um, I love the, you know, the Buddhists would say, suffering is what happens when you want what is in front of you to be different than it is. So we really wrestled through it. I mean, it was just the day in and day out okay, we love each other and we're in this. It really made me question everything, every my foundation of my life and what do I believe about love? I mean, love is the, this whole story that I've bought into about Jesus Christ. And so what do I believe about this? And for us, yeah, that all led up to, for me, it, the climax of this whole thing was Lucy's birth. So this girl, little right. girl is born into the world that 
our society says is broken mm-hmm. and needs to be fixed. And at the same time, I'm feeling that within myself. Like I'm broken, I need to be fixed because I don't believe like I used to believe. So it was kind of this painful, epic, beautiful, wonderful, it's just like these waves of realization. Oh, she's not broken. She's perfect and beautiful and good and and fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and whoa, so am I. There's nothing to fix about me. Even though this whole system that I've come from is telling me there's something wrong with me. That was Lisa Gunger. Make sure to check out her new book, The Most Beautiful Thing I've Ever Seen, and check out the profile we did with her in the new issue of Relevant. If you could interview God... Why do I deserve your special attention? Don't you? What would you ask? So what do I tell the people who say you don't exist? Tell them the world they see is just that. And sometimes that's just the way it looks. Starring Academy Award nominee David Strutheran and Brenton Thwaites. We try to be good people, try to please you, and we need some answers. And where did you go? Do you have any idea how that feels? An interview with God. Don't miss this exclusive event in cinemas nationwide for three nights only. August 20th, 21st, and 22nd. For tickets and more information, visit fathomevents.com. You're listening to Jungle. The song is Happy Man. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, if you listened to last Wednesday's episode, which if you didn't, all the Corey Asbury references would be very much over your head. So please go back and listen to it. <laughs> well, we got talking about uh, kind of odd, quote unquote, celebrity sightings that we've seen in real life. You know, I, I live here in Orlando. I talked about seeing Chris Kirkpatrick and Gene Shorts at a mini golf place and an, a member Jones, of O-Town at the gas station and Carrot Top riding his Vespa around Winter Park. As he does. As he does. Uh, in, a, in a tank top, completely orange. I think, with, I think Eddie saw the guy from uh, Police Academy at the grocery store. Yeah, or Michael yeah. Winslow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or eating breakfast or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, and uh, uh, Annie's in Nashville, just riddled with C-list celebrities. Um, just surrounded hey, by hey, them. Hey, guess who, by the way, you know the talk of the <laughs> town here, here in Loverland was? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> this weekend... Uh, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was at the gym at one point and people were, people were a buzz and they're like, Hey, did you hear who's at the Cavalier, who's staying at the Cavalier hotel right now? I'm like, no, who? Kim and Kanye. Kim yes. and Kanye. Oh, I know this. Are they in town uh, for the Pusha T's wedding. Yeah. Like Trey songs, uh, Kid Cudi, um, Pharrell was the Pharrell best was, man. Yeah, yeah. Pusha T got married. Talk of the town. Talk, talk of the town. Of the town. Let me go. I was talking on my Facebook too. For some reason, I have friends that are around there, I guess. That were yeah. part of the photography, like the the photographer and the second shooter and all that stuff, and so I saw all the pictures. It's amazing. This uh, I about yeah. you, Jesse. This feels yeah. like a situation where, like, I don't know, we might be staying in the hotel where a number of NBA celebrities would be staying and mm-hmm. playing. I don't know, like craps all night, yeah. and and <laughs> instead of going down and engaging or even seeing the famous players, you choose to go to bed at nine thirty. Is this a situation? I had, I had to leave for the airport at four thirty. Virginia in the Beach is also, teeming. Cameron, every time you tell 
this story, I want you to know that the rest of us listening think you're the bad friend for not telling Jesse that his I, favorite player If you would have texted, hey, I, I don't want to revisit, but if you would have texted me who was at oh, the craft table, I would have come down. Right. Yeah. But I'm for saying, sure. your city, this is on you, your city of Virginia Beach, the waterfront, you know the hotel. It's teeming with it well. A-list well. music celebrities. Did you actually see any of them or did you just, I don't know, go to bed early? No, I went on Twitter and I was like following people who were tweeting about it. And there was a lot of people that went to the hotel to try to see them. And they had it on lock. Like the, the reception area was on lockdown. No one that I know that went there, and I do know people who went there, actually got a glimpse. Right, so right. mm-hmm. I, I stayed in that night and I followed the action while watching Live PD, which is also follow on Twitter on Saturday nights. It's a fabulous community. of you guys. I've talked about Live PD, no, right? It changes that? your weekend. What are you talking about? Live PD is like the red zone of cops. So what they do okay, is there's these dudes in the studio, right? These, these former Jesse, cops. I watched this Saturday night. Okay, as well. I love Live I can't PD. It's my weekend. This. I, I, so I was out uh, again on Sunday, and I was hanging out with people, and I was like, "Dude, I was watching Live PD." They're like, "You, you're a Live PD guy?" I was like, "I'm a total Live PD guy." So this is going to revolutionize the guy your weekend. The cowboy hat is kind of cute. What, <laughs> what, what channel? <laughs> what channel is this? Give so me here's, here it's it's on A and E, and it's it's for it's four hours blocks Friday and Saturday night. And here's what they do. They have, I don't know if you've watched the NFL Red Zone, but they have guys in the studio yeah. who are like cops from around the country, like three of them. Yeah. They have cameramen embedded with police departments around the country and they cut to them live as they're pulling somebody over or as they're responding to a situation or whatever. So you're watching live police stuff happen on TV for four hours. It, yes. it, Annie, is it not the most thrilling? Like- I was in a hotel in Cape May, New Jersey, and it's the channel I stopped on. And it was incredibly <sighs> it fascinating. It is a rush. Yeah, because they just keep going back and forth. I didn't realize that it was... I, this is dumb of me, Jesse, yeah. but I didn't realize that, that it was... I mean, I know it's called live, but I didn't realize they were actually going to live camera shots. You're yeah, teaching it's live. Me. It's live. Like, okay, we got a situation <laughs> unfolding awesome. in Gwinnett County. Yeah. We have a shoplifting yeah, under... Georgia. That's what made me stop. Yeah, so, I feel like it'd so be the really great boring, thing is like... Though. A lot of just cops like waiting around. It's really like, no, 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 no. Yeah. They have so many They have so many cameramen out there embedded. There's all, Trust me. It's like a bunch of different cities, Chandler. Yeah. They, have, oh, like, okay. they went back and forth to like five or six different cities, and wow. every time a cop went to a new call they went to that cop yeah so oh, wow. sometimes it'll be like sometimes there's like live chases sometimes like it's just like somebody who went to the walmart checkout line and was only checking out every other item and like shoving it in their bag and then you get to go live to the bust and they are shocked <laughs> they are shocked but now it's gotten so popular it's like a, it's like a phenomenon on twitter on saturday fridays and saturdays live pd and live nation are top of the trending and it's fun to That's follow along funny. i'm Andy part of the live nation now i gotta, so, I gotta tell you Andy F. downs your little comment about the 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 cop with with the cowboy hat being a little cute, a little bit secular. That was a little bit secular. <laughs> little psycho, little right? psycho. He, he, so, but the great thing is like the, the show has become so popular. It's become like this weird, you know, underground pop culture phenomenon that criminals on the show will be like, Oh shoot, is this is live PD. They're like, live PD, what's up? And they're getting handcuffed. Live PD. And you're like, all right, that was cool. 
Like, honestly, they broke like, the fourth wall. <laughs> I can't blame him. I can't blame him. He's kind of worth it. It was kind of worth you kind of want to go around the four hours, Jesse. It's four solid hours Saturday and Friday, eight to midnight, Friday, Saturday night, live PD. Oh Jesse, gosh. I have a feeling you're going to try and bait them in so you can get on live PD yourself. Oh, dude, dude, I that's I, why he won't go to Canada. He can't be out of town for a Friday <laughs> or Saturday. Yeah, I can't, I can't risk not being not having my live PD moment. And I'm going to give way if I get on live PD, yeah. I'm giving way to Chase. I'm going to give them the show of the lifetime. You know, I know all the tricks. I've been watching it so long. It would not be know? picked up by Pure Flix is what you're saying. Oh, my, oh, no, my, no, 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 is, my, no, my, my live PD moment would not just be a little bit secular. I'll tell you that. It's uh, a lot, a lot of felonies. A lot of felonies will be committed during my hour of, of glory. So. Oh my God. All right, I don't so, know how we got on Jesse, this. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Here's what I need to remember in my life. Every time I have an experience or see a show that I think no one will understand that I watch I this, understand. I need to just come straight to you. I understand. Straight to you every time. Uh, hey, so last week, uh, the edit, because we were talking about those uh, D-list celebrity encounters or awkward celebrity encounters, we asked you, what is your most awkward celebrity encounter? You guys did not disappoint. You went to Twitter and hit oh, us up and you also all. posted on the podcast episode page. Here's a few of our favorites. I like this one from Tom because Tom realized sometimes in life, you got to shoot your shot. You know what I mean? Like opportunity <laughs> comes, live PDs filming down the street. This is the moment to commit a felony. <laughs> so Tom is in college. He's working at a, a steakhouse, a high-end one in Minneapolis. And Keanu Reeves' band, remember he was in a band, he played bass in a band yes. called Dog Star. Dog Star had played in Minneapolis that night. And lo and behold, oh, and by the way, this is the, the around the time the first Matrix movie had been out. So... This is Pete Keanu right yeah. here. So, so Neo himself walks in to the steakhouse and, you know, he, but Tom's an employee, but he was like, look, this is too much of, uh, of an opportunity. The other thing about to know about Tom, the steakhouse employee at the time he was in Bible school and Cameron, you remember this when we, uh, when, when the first matrix came out. The Matrix was basically every sermon illustration in America oh, for yeah. like a month until Gladiator you know? came out. Yeah, exactly. so, nice. yeah, it nice. went Braveheart. It went Matrix, uh, uh, Matrix Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah, so just Lord sermon series after sermon. You think Lord yeah. of the Rings? <laughs> Lord of the Rings has too much wizards. No, okay, All yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot of wizarding. Oh, that's a little secular. A little, <laughs> little bit, bit secular. A little too secular. A little bit Just too much. We're okay. Hey, we're, hey, with our sermon <laughs> illustrations, we're fine with gore and violence. We are not okay with wizardry, okay? Yeah. There's a yeah. line. Yeah, it's fine with watching gladiators get maimed. Right. But uh, if, if it's fictional wizardry, which, by the way, when I'm on live PD, I will assure you this. Yeah. Witchcraft will be involved. Fictional wizardry will be a centerpiece of, of your... Yeah. Uh, Jesse, you've got yeah. eight hours every weekend. Surely you can get on the show. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I do really what I can do. But... Um, so, so he's like, dude, I gotta talk to him. So this is, this is the move that's kind of weird, but it worked, I guess. So Tom waited till Tiano got up from his steak dinner and went to the bathroom. So Tom went down there and just started washing his hands. And his plan was to stay at the sink and wash his hands till Keanu comes up. Sure enough, Keanu exits the stall, begins washing his hand. And, and here, it's not just him saying, uh, you know, Hey, I'm a big fan of the Matrix. He asked Keanu Reeves, 
was the character meant to be a direct parallel to Jesus in the Bible? He asked, he asked Neo that. He said really? that Keanu was actually very nice. Um, but he kind of deflected saying he would need to talk to the, the people who wrote, wrote it, right? An actor is just yeah. saying the, somebody else's words. It's not like yeah. he knows the But he said Keanu him. was like the nicest dude in the world. Can I tell one more Keanu Reeves story? Yeah, please. This happened to me when I was in college, and it's secondhand. I was, we were goofing around. <laughs> we were goofing around one night. Cameron, do you remember there was a road in Tulsa? I'm trying to remember what it was. Where people, they didn't have like a, like a strip there, but they had a, a road, like where, Memorial Drive. where like kids, yeah, where kids would ride up down Memorial and kind of like, you know, wave to people. Oh, and Memorial do Drive thing, was you know? the drag, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on Memorial Drag one night with some people, and we're goofing around. There's a car next to us, and I think it had, uh, uh, so some girls or something and we were like looking out the window kind of this is what you do on memorial drive in tulsa okay the driver looks over to kind of like wink at him and we nail the car in front of us i mean we <laughs> obliterate and and the trunk pops okay we i mean the trunk is broken and it pops and, and no lie there is like 50 license plates that come spilling out into the street Whoa. so so the guy is like oh man and he's a, he's a youngish guy, and we ended up like helping him get his license plate back in the car because he didn't want to call the cops. Um, and so well, we're, surely, so so, so we're, he's trying to get friendly with us because he doesn't want my friend to call the cops for like insurance reasons. And um, so anyway, we end up giving him or this guy that we obliterated his car. We end up giving him a ride home because his car's not drivable. <laughs> so the guy is in the car with us, and he's like. You know, it's real awkward because we just, I mean, it's 100% our fault. And we really damaged his car because we were goofing around. And, but he he just wanted us to not call the cops. So he tries to woo us with his coolest story. And he's like, dude, he goes, I used to be a help desk person for DirecTV. And I would get calls <gasps> from people helping set up their DirecTV. Uh. Phone rings one day. Surfery voice comes on. I look at the caller ID. It says... K Reeves. I helped Keanu Reeves set up his direct TV. And we're like, all right, dude, that is pretty awesome. That is that was like the coolest celebrity story I ever heard at the time. Don't know what happened to that guy. Kind of wonder what happened. But, uh, I don't know what the deal with those license plate was. I just had it, the scenario just struck me as something that's just better not to ask. Better, yeah. Plausible deniability. But file so. it away in weird stuff that happens to Jesse Carey. Yep. So all right, uh, we got one from uh, Kyle. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of a dramatic reading here. Oh wow. Oh boy. I live about five minutes from a certain celebrity's house in Ohio and about 15 minutes. I wanted you to use a different voice, Daz. You're just using your own voice. <laughs> it's not that dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. It's order. a little bit secular. <laughs> yeah. I live about five minutes from a certain celebrity's house in there Ohio and about 15 minutes from the local Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. Right away. Weird triangulation from Kyle. That's a strange waypoint <laughs> near where you live. Like when he's house shopping, that's the first right. thing he looks for. What's the closest local celebrity, and what's the closest Chuck exactly. E. Cheese? The, you, we, we're getting a, we're getting a very disturbing picture about the kind of person Kyle is. Yeah, I remember in 2004, I was on my way to said Chuck E. Cheese with my aunt and cousin on a random Tuesday night. I'll be honest, I was a little too old to be going to a children's arcade for fun at this point. Kind of what I but thought. But the too. animatronic band is way too enticing to pass up. Okay, first of all, that's like the sixth best thing about any <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese ever. You know they're gone now. You're the wrong. Bands that's at least gone. the third. 
That's and, a negative. Oh, wow. That's a the negative. Bands are gone. But have you seen search on YouTube? <gasps> The yeah, bands for are people gone? who have uh, there have been there's this movement oh, of people oh, who dude, buy it's them, so good. yeah, and then program, and then program to, like, them to modern songs, songs to like yeah. rap incredible. songs and stuff. They are incredible. That's amazing. Seeing the old, can I watch that on YouTube? Yeah, I feel like yeah, that'd be something yeah, I can yeah, see if on you YouTube. YouTube it. Like okay, just to, I don't know what you would type in, but like uh, Chuck E. Cheese band or something like that, sure. and like you'll see all the them singing like modern Kanye songs, and it is incredible. Great. Yeah. The, the, the purge continues. So we pull into the parking lot, hop out of the car, and start walking up to the door when my cousin and I notice none other than Dave Chappelle walking out the front door. What? Yeah, I mean, of all people, right? What? It's wow. weird. Out of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Both yeah. being teenage yeah. boys, we recognize him instantly. He was clearly just trying to get out of there without causing a scene, which shouldn't have been too hard because we were the only ones there. All right, they're going to Chuck E. Cheese alone with their aunt and cousin. Kind of weird. That is weird. Um, yeah, yeah. He must have noticed us because he looked up, he gave a real life side eyes emoji, and then slowly put his finger to his lips and walked away. All right. Now, my <gasps> question to you guys, who made it weird? Yeah. Is yeah. It, is it Dave them? Chappelle definitely made it weird. Like, yeah. if you're okay, famous, weird. if you're, yeah, is the, and I'm assuming because this is a long time ago, this is like pre him fleeing the country because of fame. Right. Right. You, you remember, yeah. remember that when Going he to like went to, I think he, yeah, went to yeah. Africa for like a year. He walked away from a show and everything. I think we're getting a little sense of why here. Uh, if he's, if he's frequenting <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese's solo on the weekend and is trying to convince people not to down. tell anyone, I'm get, we're getting a strange picture of Dave Chappelle here. Well, you know, he, I mean, he did have children. I mean, they're older now, but I mean, Dave, Dave had young children at the time. So, but he's, so he's exiting, oh, so he's exiting kids. alone though. Yeah. But maybe his kids and, and wife are still in there. I don't know. And yeah. surely he thought that was as funny as we do. Like, I bet he did that just to be funny. Yeah. That's, I the animatronic band is not from Chuck E. Cheese. It's from Showbiz, Showbiz Pizza. Showbiz Pizza, which yeah. Chuck E. Cheese bought. You re- you really know your pizza chain. We had Showbiz here in Central Florida in the eighties. I had a birth, my fourth birthday party at a Showbiz Pizza. I had my birthday party at a Showbiz Pizza, Cameron. I loved it. What was what was the best game at Showbiz Pizza? Oh, skee ball, no question. See, I was a ball pit guy. That's disgusting. Yeah. You know what happened? Back in the eighties, we didn't know it was disgusting. Dude, back in the eighties, it's what worse. What made you a ball pit guy? Did you just like to sit in it and relax and let people come talk to you, or were you jumping in and out? I know no. Jesse, you were no, no. You lay yeah, underneath sure. the balls. You lay yeah. in wait. You lie <laughs> in wait. Right. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you hear other kids coming. It's your moment to like elements of surprise. You're under the balls. Somebody accidentally touches you. They scream. You jump up. It's a whole thing. It's great. Someone yeah, died in the ball it. pit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Little boys are the worst. Little boys are the worst. The You're the reasons I didn't get in the ball pit is because I was always scared that you were under there. There was like you—you you knew there was like six mischievous kids just lying under the ball pit. Oh, waiting for, for you. sure. I would see the kids from like my first grade class. All the boys hop in the ball pit. I was like, nope, we're gonna go make some money over at ski ball. And in, in hindsight, I'm remembering the showbiz workers, and they didn't exactly espouse a passion for their job. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm thinking that after they closed up each night, they weren't passionately cleaning the ball pit. Right. You know, you don't, you in don't, hindsight, I'm wondering sure. how I didn't catch something, you know, like you were building your immunity. You're building your immunity. Kids today that, you know, the two you, you don't, yeah, exactly. We, you know, we, we, we the, the, I never get sick. I, I'm, I'm very healthy and I, I That's true. attribute that to, 
uh, you know, not believing in hand washing for a long time and uh, <laughs> oh, still visiting ball pits as an adult. It's I'm fine. <laughs> Exposure to all manner of germs. Um, hey, I have a good one from Twitter. This is Andrew Cobb. He and a buddy were in a record store and all these cameras started coming in. And so they were trying to act cool. And he looks and it's Bill Maher and like some other dude. Right. And so they're just filming in the record store. And then when they leave, he goes to the guy and says, hey, what's that Bill Maher? The guy working at the store. And the guy's like, yeah, and Jerry Seinfeld. And they were filming comedians in cars getting coffee, but he didn't recognize Jerry Seinfeld. That's crazy. I think it's nuts. I think I would recognize Jerry Seinfeld. He, has, he always has on those tennis shoes. That would have been a, a, a clue for me. Remember uh, when yeah. Joy Egerts was on the show, Jesse, uh, she talked yeah. about how her neighborhood coffee shop in Portland, yep. uh, one was being filmed there and she stalked it. Who was it? Yeah. Was it, um, it was the guy from Portlandia, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah Fred, Fred Armisen. Armisen. Fred Armisen. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see that show being filmed. I think that would be just awesome to watch them sit and talk in a coffee shop. I love that it's on Netflix now and not just crackle. Yeah. 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 I about that. Je- Jessica had, uh, <laughs> this is like a secondhand encounter. It's actually kind of cool. She lived in a small town in Alberta and there was rumors that Justin Bieber was staying in town. It actually made the front page of the newspaper. A rumor that Justin Bieber is in town made the front page of the Alberta <laughs> town. What a quaint place up there in I Canada. I wish I, I wish I could visit sometime. Uh, uh, Jessica worked at a lawn company. It turned out the next day she cut the lawn of the house he was staying at. I guess he had evidently gone by then, but she was cutting around the campfire and she found one of Justin Bieber's guitar picks that <gasps> she still has to this day. I would have eBayed that thing right away, but good for you, Jessica. <laughs> Circumstantial evidence. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't know that he right, was the one right. strumming. You can't know. You yeah. can't know. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't well, the, actually, pa- she got the, the paper, the, but. Well, I, I would have flown right to Vegas and walked into Pawn Stars and said, you know, <laughs> Chumley, let's make a deal, friendo. <laughs> Chumley, let's make a deal. Uh, Angela Seiler said on Twitter um, uh, that she helped Neil Patrick Harris look for resistance bands at her gym. Then a week later, oh. he was on the phone outside the gym's Pilates studio where she worked and watched her teach for a solid 20 minutes. She uh, may have tried extra hard to be amazing at her job that day. She also said when she was um, a freshman dance major, she was dancing or dashing from rehearsal to her performance and walked right past and locked eyes with Bill Nye, the science guy, <laughs> who was speaking at her school that night. Um, he uh, he saw the OMG look in her eyes. That's a little secular. And uh, winked at her. That's very secular. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's super secular. I, I appreciate Dara. that Neil story, too. You know, I appreciate someone who goes for the bands instead of the weights. Oh, he likes know? the resistance, yeah, yeah. not the bulk. Right. A little more tone. Yeah. He wants the strength, that's not a, the bulk. That's a good take from you, Mr. Men's Health. I appreciate that. That's a good thought. <laughs> Dara had a, um, she was on a weekend getaway at Callaway Gardens. Does anyone know what Callaway Gardens is? Yes, she, of course. She, it's beautiful. What's Callaway? What is Callaway Gardens? It's like Florida? a, it's like a, uh, it is what it is. It's a, it's a big garden and like a retreat center. There's houses. It's in Georgia. It's beautiful. So anyway, she's, she's there and she goes into town, um, with, um, uh, her three-year-old and six-year-old kids. And, uh, she goes to a bakery there who walks into the bakery with a dog under his arm, a tiny dog under his arm, but 
Mr. Kirk Cameron himself. And obviously, wow. Dara recognizes Kirk Cameron, but she thinks it's a more polite thing to do to act like she doesn't know who Kirk Cameron is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I guess like... Kirk took notice of her daughters, uh, like fascinated with the dog. He came over and started letting her daughters play with the dog the whole time. She's like being friendly with him, but doesn't let on that she knows he's Kirk Cameron, which good mm-hmm. on her and good on Kirk Cameron. I, it kind of like shatters something. I wish Kirk Cameron was a horrible person in public. It turns out he <laughs> sounds like a great person, <laughs> like but it'd be guy. much more funny. It would be much more funny if he like was not cool at all, but good for you, Kirk. Speaking of funny or, or good person, Amanda Covell said, uh, she saw Forrest Whitaker at a QT once. QT is a mm. convenience store. Quick trip. Regional, yeah. Quick trip. Yeah. Stands uh, for quick. Trip. That's she, right. She says she didn't recognize him at first, but then he bought her and her friends drinks and told us to pay it forward. Uh, Amanda's mom still doesn't think or uh, doesn't believe her because she thinks famous people don't go to Quick Trip. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and she casually left out whether she ever paid it forward or not, which I think Amanda is something that we need to know. Yeah. Because we're now holding you accountable. Yeah. Because if you don't, a little bit secular. <laughs> no, I, I don't believe in paying it forward. I always tell them when someone does something like that for me and says, pay it forward, I go, nope, the deed stops here. Thank you. And I take my back. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what he's getting. I am your blessing. This is a, I am your blessing. I receive. I receive. I receive your That's blessing. what I said. You're making it awkward for me because I, I have no idea what that person's ordering. Oh, uh, right. jo- Josh Hernandez said his mom and sister were in uh, the D.C. airport on his birthday last year when they ran into Andre 3000 from Outcast. So, oh, so that. his sister uh, sent a picture she took with him, and then he responded that he's my favorite rapper. So Joshua's mom goes up to Andre three thousand and says, "Mister three thousand, it's my son's birthday. Can I get an autograph for him?" And she got an <laughs> autograph for him. I love it's Mister three thousand. That's the best mom thing ever. <laughs> That's so polite. Stacy Drake has a couple on Twitter. Uh, she says, "I really regret not speaking to Wilford Brimley when I saw him eating moons over my hammy once at a Denny's in Seaside, California." Oh, but she, you, you only have one move, right? If you see Wilford Brimley at, at, a Denny's. at, at, at Denny's, it's to walk up and go. You might be careful eating that. You don't want to get diabetes. <laughs> She said, he said, diabetes. Uh, Jesse, I will say Stacy has a, a, a good excuse for not going up to Wilford Brimley and uh, talking to him. Does she have diabetes? No, she went into labor and had to leave the restaurant. Oh, so, wow. That's a good wouldn't, it be cool, wouldn't it be cool if Wilford Brimley delivered her baby and demanded that he name her Wilford? That would be cool, too. Uh, <laughs> Stacy also said she once got Cheryl Crow's autograph. While she was buying baby food and boxed wine at a Walmart in Kennett, Missouri, which is her hometown. What a, what a combo of groceries. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> baby food and boxed wine at a Walmart in Kennett, Missouri. And, uh, and, and she says afterwards, she just wished I had just let her enjoy her checkout in peace. <laughs> you know, it's funny at Walmart. What, what, where did you say? What town was that called? Kennett, Missouri. Yeah, Kennett, Missouri, the Walmarts uh, there, they have an express lane just for people buying baby food and box wine. You just walk right through. I mean, it's <laughs> oh, baby food that box wine. Come on through. We got you. We I like how you had to confirm the city before you made the joke, Jesse. Oh, yeah, I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I need, uh, to get a, I need to get a throw. I need to get a nice new accessory for the wall, something for the kitchen. I need a Target run. I need baby food and boxed wine. That's a Walmart run. <laughs> Yeah, right there. Kennett, Missouri. Yeah. No doubt. Hey, wrong. all right. That'll do it for your feedback. There's a lot more where that came from. Go over to uh, uh, Twitter and check it out or uh, look at last Wednesday's, the Corey Asbury episode um, on relevantmagazine.com. 
Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Okay, for this question of the week, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about loafing. Not lounging around, but no. the idea of making food loafs. Creating loafs of food. <laughs> so we want to know your best food loaf that you've ever made. The, the more original, the better. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a dazzle do it in here. I don't know. I don't know. <gasps> oh, I yeah. hear a dazzle or at do the it very too. Least, at the very least, Annie is the one like promoting the idea yeah. of loafing things. I'm a loaf promoter. I'm for sure. You're a loaf I think promoter. Annie, Annie's the only one who has knowledge of how even <laughs> to make a loaf. Is that what you're saying? I, uh, dazzle I think, do it? I think Annie will need to bake the loaf of choice. For sure, choose. I'll do that. No question. All right. So 100%. we want to we know your best loaf recipe or most, most creative loaf recipe. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your more elaborate recipes. And you just I give us ideas. We'll, you don't have to have measurements. We'll sort it out. Just tell us, what would you like to see in a loaf? Like a legitimate, you think this would be delicious situation. No, don't say like, or, or one you want to see Annie make. That's mine. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. like a okay. cod and cheddar cheese loaf or something. Just really <laughs> mix it up. Really stink up the kitchen. You, your loaf request will not exceed my loaf abilities. No, no, no. No, no, no. The deal is we pick, you loaf. That's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't exceed my ability to loaf. You There's can no, ask whatever, and I will loaf it. Oh, oh, perfect, perfect. I got you. That's got a new you. tagline for this segment. We pick, you That's loaf. That's a new tagline for my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or you can, yeah, post over on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Well, many thanks to Lisa Gunger for joining us today. Um, her book, The Most Beautiful Thing I've Ever Seen, is out now. Also, make sure to check out her feature in the new issue of Relevant. You can see it online at relevantmagazine.com. You can also pick up the issue at newsstands nationwide. You can uh, also follow her at Lisa Gunger. Well, speaking of the new issue of Relevant, uh, it's out now. It it features a ton of great content, like Ethan Hawke's in it. Uh, Just, I don't want to give it all away. Go check it out. You can view it all at relevantmagazine.com and you can subscribe today to to, uh, not miss an issue. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Uh, welcome to to primetime, uh, Tyler Deswick. Thank you. Good job. You did great, guys. One in the can. You did excellent. Good job. Uh, I'm Cameron Strang. <laughs> Tyler Deswick. Chandler String. I'm Jesse Carey. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Sleepwalking, so don't wake me up. I got everything just the way I want. Can't you see that I'm gone? Can't you see that I'm gone? You don't know mushrooms growing plugs? Relevant Podcast Network.